Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire. This is our weekly podcast of the sermon from the prior Sunday. Normally at this time, I have invited everybody to join us for worship at 8, 30, and 11. Uh, but right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic, and so we are not having worship in our building at 8, 30, and 11. Instead, you can find us online doing virtual worship using Zoom. You can find the information for all of that on our website at www.htelc.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And uh, those are the two primary ways in which to find our links to have worship with us. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, you can join us for worship. So thank you for listening. We hope that you find the sermon meaningful and purposeful, that it connects to your life and how you interact with the world. And most of all, it reveals God's infinite love for you and all of creation. We continue with our gospel reading. Uh, Before we get into the gospel reading, I just want to say this. There's a couple different ways in which churches can approach today. It could be Palm Sunday. It could be Passion Sunday. If it is Passion Sunday, it means that you are reading and celebrating or remembering the, the entire last week of the life of Jesus, minus the resurrection. I think a lot of churches do that because they know people don't come to Maundy Thursday and Good Friday services, and they don't want to go right from good from Palm Sunday right to Easter Sunday, which is kind of, you could say, one peak to one peak, and they skip the valley in there. And, uh, and so they do Passion Sunday, which is not right or wrong. It just is. I prefer to do Palm Sunday and encourage everybody to come or participate somehow in Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services. And we'll talk about all those ways to do that at the end. But we're only going to hear the Palm Sunday reading this morning, which is Jesus going into Jerusalem uh, to get ready for the Passover week, as told in Mark's gospel. Here you go, Margareta. The second reading is um, from Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a coat that has never been ridden, and Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back um, there immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing, untying the colt? They told them, what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had locked 
When he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Thank you, Margareta. So here comes a sermon. The picture is Dave and the Giant Pickle, which I don't know how many people remember or watched Veggie Tales, but this was the story of David and Goliath. So uh, you'll find out in just a couple minutes why we have a picture of Veggie Tales, David and Goliath, or David and the Giant Pickle. We all know the story of David and Goliath, don't we? Now, this isn't the traditional Palm Sunday story, but if you stay with me just for a moment, I think it'll connect back in. But the story of David and Goliath, right? The Philistines and Israelites that are about to go to war, and instead of all of them going to war, the Philistines present their one man, right? The Goliath, this beast of a man. And when you picture him, right, just a mountain. You can picture him with a metal helmet on, a shield maybe, a sword or a spear, and just towering over everybody who when he just walks in, there's this feeling of fear because of what this one individual could do to you. And then we have David, who's the representative of the Israelites, who's the opposite of Goliath, who is the weakest, the youngest, one of the lowliest, right? Who, who, <laughs> who boldly says, I'll represent us. And you can picture David making his way through the crowd and people are kind of looking at him and thinking, what? No, what are we doing? Um, and, and David only has, you know, doesn't have a big sword, doesn't have a big helmet, but just has a slingshot and six smooth stones. And you know how the story goes, right? They never even come to any kind of hand-to-hand combat. All it takes is one stone from David, swirls it around in a slingshot, and releases it, and it comes and hits Goliath in the head, and he collapses and falls and is killed, and the Israelites win. The young, supposedly weak, smaller individual defeats the powerful and the mighty. I wonder if this also was going on in the back of the minds of the Israelites on this Palm Sunday. Now we know the main story that was going on was the story of Passover, because that's why they're coming to Jerusalem to begin with, why they're coming to the temple to remember God's actions from the past of Moses leading the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt and into the promised land. And so Israelites, Jewish people, came to Jerusalem, came to the temple once a year to bring their offering, to celebrate and remember what God has done, and that is what's going on. And so when Jesus comes to Jerusalem, when Jesus comes to the temple, there is this thought that that's what's going to happen again. And maybe in the way of David, this weak, this lowly, The small, the underdog, might defeat the large, the powerful. Because it's not just Jesus' parade that was going on, but there was a second parade at the same time. You see, Jesus was coming in through the back gate. Jesus is coming in through the doors in which the lowly, the people you don't want seen, that's the door you use. That's where Jesus is coming in on. And and listen to these things from his story, right? As he's getting ready to enter into Jerusalem, and when he's in Bethany and Bethphage, he sends people on ahead to get a colt, a foal of a donkey, 
to untie it, to bring it here. And if anybody asks, you'll get it back. So they bring it to him. And he gets on to ride it. Before he gets on, they put their cloaks on it or their robes on it or they put it on the, the ground in front. And what do they do? They get leafy branches. And they wave these. And all the people surrounding them are just the commoners. There's nobody special among them. But they are the ones that are shouting, Hosanna, save us. Here comes our Moses. Here comes our David. Here comes someone as God's representative to act on our behalf. And at the same time this is going on, we have another parade happening. It's not written about in scriptures, but it is known that this is what occurred. Pilate also would yearly, annually come into Jerusalem, not through that back gate, but through the main gate. Because the Romans knew what was going on. The Romans knew that the Jewish people were celebrating Passover in which they were rescued before in the past. And so what Pilate is doing, Pilate is reminding them, we're better than Egypt. We're bigger than Egypt. That God might have done that before. You might have been saved before, but don't even think about that happening again. So while Jesus might have had this colt or a foal, right, a baby donkey, it's not that it hasn't been ridden as if it hadn't been tamed. It hasn't been ridden because it is so young. It's not ready to be ridden yet in a way. And what does Pilate come in on? Pilate doesn't come in on in baby animals that aren't ready to be ridden. Pilate comes in on war horses. Pilate comes in with chariots, not cloaks that are thrown over, but Pilate comes in in magnificent carriages that are designed for defense. So when you come into war, oh, you can just trounce right through and you have some protection. So you can be a pyre and you can look down on your enemy and have the fighting of the winning position. Pilate comes in with swords and shields and staffs and bows. Jesus came in with leafy branches, things that were cut by what Caesar is coming in on. Caesar is surrounded by the powerful people of the day. Unlike Jesus, remember the commoners, the lowly, the forgotten. So we have these two parades coming in. And I wonder if the people in the time of Jesus or that were watching Jesus' parade were thinking Jesus is going to be like that new David, right? We may not be as powerful, but David had his slingshots. We have Jesus. And we don't know what his weapon is, but we trust he's going to be able to deliver, to conquer. He's going to be able to beat Pilate and Rome at their own game. Because that is what has happened in the past, right? God acted in the past, or the people acted in the past, and they were freed by beating the Egyptians or beating the, the, uh, 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 the, the Philistines at their own game. David played the same game. He just wasn't supposed to win. That's what I wonder if this was echoing in the back of their minds that somehow Jesus has a slingshot with six smooth stones and is what is going to eventually conquer and defeat the Romans. 
I think what we need to realize, this is what Palm Sunday is about, is that Jesus isn't even playing the same game. God's not playing the same game. It's not that Jesus is the underdog who has a weapon. It's just not as powerful, but its weapon is still going to win, right? No one would mistake leafy branches for any kind of weapon. No one would mistake robes and coats as any kind of chariot. No one would mistake a baby foal, a colt, as any kind of war horse. It is not the same as David with his six smooth stones. No one would mistake it. David came out with a weapon. There are no weapons involved in this parade of Jesus. But I wonder if people were thinking that it's going to somehow come out. That this underdog will beat the Romans at their own game somehow. And I wonder, do we still think God's going to beat the world at its own game? Or do we believe that in our cause, we might say, God wins, but do we think, do we understand God is not even playing it a different game. God has done away with games. It's not about a winner or a loser. It's that we all have fallen short, that we all have the wrong expectations, we all have the wrong idea about who God is and how God operates. And so Jesus comes in to reveal to everybody that there's a new way to live. I think that's why things turn on him so quickly. That just a few short days later, they go from Hosanna to save us. To crucify him. To crucify him. To denying they know who he is. Because they were expecting him to play Rome's game and still win when in fact Jesus came to do away with all of those games altogether. For us, Palm Sunday is maybe a time to reflect how do we think God works? How do we, what do we expect God to do? How are we expecting ourselves to live into that? To be a final culmination of understanding who God is and what is God here to do. We have the benefit of having some hindsight bias. We weren't in the middle of it back then. So we can't look back and say, well, I would have seen those differences. I would have made the right choice. I wouldn't have abandoned. That's a bunch of baloney. Because we still abandon today, don't we? We still play the same game that the world plays. We still think might makes right. We still think the one with the most toys wins. We still do it today. Palm Sunday maybe is a time to look back to say, Hosanna, save us. And help me stop playing the game that I always have and lead me to a new life. During this Holy Week, may you find time to stop and reflect. 
to think about who God is, who you are, how the two intersect, how you strayed, and how God is calling you to return. Amen.